Good morning. Happy Friday. Welcome to the How I Built It podcast here at the Lister Pro Studio in Tempe, Arizona. I apologize. I just had to finish posting this on Facebook. We had some technical difficulties. So usually we're on my um, Facebook page, but today we had some wire... uh, uh, Wi-Fi issue, so we're going to broadcast through the Lister Pros page, which is not the worst thing in the world because that's where we're sh- shooting today. Um, Lister Pros, you guys are awesome. Thank you for figuring out a solution to the issue. Um, we're super excited for today's show because we have the the legend. He's a living legend in the mortgage industry, Stan Morris, with us here today. Um, but before we get started, we're going to give a quick shout out to our sponsors, Empire West Title. Seth Banda is the man over there. You'll see his information on the screen right now. And then we have Abe Bodden from Insurance Professionals of Arizona. Abe, thanks for always sponsoring the show. You guys are awesome. And then last but not least, Yvonne Hunter from Platinum Home Warranty. Make sure as we are in summer to replace that home warranty because if your AC breaks or your dishwasher breaks or your washer and dryer break, your your home warranty should have you covered. You've experienced that a few times in your life, haven't More you? More than a few. More than a few, especially in Arizona. Watch out. So Platinum Home Warranty is good. They're ethical. They're honest. They don't try to, to uh, nickel and dime you. They're awesome. Make sure to give Yvonne a call. And obviously, this show is brought to you by the Augustiniac team at People's Mortgage. We're happy to be home at the company that we started at. Um, but today... The man, the myth, the legend, Stan Morris. He's got. I think he got a new shirt just for today. I'm not sure. No, he's had the shirt for a long time. For a long time, oh, man. You haven't worn it too many times because that <laughs> thing looks clean. But Stan is the is the uh, founder of People's Mortgage, um, which started how many years ago now? Twenty one. Twenty one years ago, locally owned and operated. Um, Stan Stan is an inspiration to myself and my team, and he still originates loans. You don't you don't find that nowadays with uh, with with people like Stan, which which is awesome for us in on the ground floor sales to watch somebody like Stan still still slinging deals and getting loans and servicing his clients even years later. Um, but let's let's backtrack. So obviously the mortgage industry is constantly changing and and you've seen it throughout many years but before we get to actually like the mortgage industry now where people's mortgages and all that stuff like rewind it because i know i know a little bit about you but we've actually we've actually never sat down and you never told me the full story of i know you worked at B, uh, bank one back in the day right mm-hmm. um but like where'd you come from where'd you grow up where'd you go to college where'd you go to high school paint the picture you're asking for a lot of years, brother. <laughs> hey, you can you can shorten it. <laughs> All right. Um, <clears throat> let's go with uh, I'm a graduate of Arizona State University, degree in finance. Okay. Uh, started out straight out of college in the mortgage business. Uh, started out learning the business for about six months and then uh, went out in the field, started originating loans. Where'd you, where, like, why, you were in finance, but why mortgage? My wife's uncle was in the Chicago title. He was the head PR guy at Chicago title. And while I was going through career services at Arizona State, most of the offers that I got for jobs were out of state. And one day I just got to thinking, do I really want to move? I really like Arizona. I was born and raised. Maybe I just want to stay here. So she, uh, I called him. We talked. He set me up with a 
interview at Warehouser Mortgage Company. Yes, the paper company. Okay. And uh, we hit it off. He offered me $600 a month, and off I went. $600 a month. Big time. Hey, can I just point out, you're a, you're a Sun Devil, right? Absolutely. Have you noticed you're kind of wearing the U of A colors today? No, it's not close. <laughs> USA, right? Not <laughs> no, U of A. No. <laughs> no. Good luck to the U of A people. <laughs> Good luck. So, all right, so $600 a week, and did you start in that first job? Were you originating right away, or did you no. start somewhere else? I, I spent uh, six to eight months inside learning the business, and then one day uh, the manager came to me with a fistful of cards and said, here, go get them. Fistful of cards, the business cards? Mm-hmm. Fistful of business cards. He said, go get them. And I said, where do I go? And he says, wherever there's deals. No way. And I said, okay. And I found, for me personally, uh, I had a lot more success in outlying areas versus central Phoenix. So I spent most of my time in Chandler and Tempe and Mesa. But would you, so back then, I mean, you didn't, there was no cell phones, right? No. So what, like, explain, because nowadays it's so, uh, we're connected so immediately to other individuals in the industry, you know, texting realtors, calling realtors. So what'd you do? You had to visit as many real estate offices as you could. Walking in. And use their phones to check in on things, return calls. Did you get, oh. Lost. Yeah, he lost. Sound. Lost it. Fry. Fry. Sounds off. I don't know if they can hear us. You can still hear? Okay, so I can't hear in here. Okay, they're fine. Okay, cool. Take okay. take these off. So, sorry for the technical difficulties. We lost everybody in the in the headphones. Um, all right, so you had to return people's calls. Were you getting voicemails? Like how like how was the industry back then as far as were you just going office to office every single day? Were you mm-hmm. were you doing the same things kind of you're doing now but on a different level? Similar. Today, today's environment is completely different in how you originate loans. You don't you don't visit real estate offices as much as you used to, and the ability to uh, get back to customers obviously is greatly enhanced today than it used to be. Uh, how did I get messages from people with a beeper? Beeper. A beeper. Oh my goodness! So I would get a beep if I'm out in my car, and uh, so I would immediately find the nearest real estate office and stop in, use their phone and uh, return that call. So the first the first year of starting essentially mortgage sales did you did you experience failure? Did you were you taking mortgage files with you? How like how did you when you had a pre-qualification from somebody what did you do? Did you go to their house like you always met the customer typically either at their home or the real estate office. If I was doing business with somebody who lived in Mesa or Chandler or Tempe, I couldn't very well ask him to down, drive downtown Central Phoenix to take an application. Yeah. So we uh, we met their home. We met at the real estate office. Sometimes we met at a at a restaurant, wherever it was convenient for the customer. Interesting. So, 
as that progresses, where does you, how does your career progress along with it? Well, I moved from uh, doing that uh, to uh, another company, and then we're good. Are we good? Yeah. We're back. Okay. If Stan can figure out the headphones. Thought of one. <laughs> All right. Perfect. There we go. Uh, so I moved from originating loans and being a loan officer to uh, went to work for another company uh, and then was offered a job as a manager at uh, a company called, um, what was the name? Graham Mortgage Company. Okay. They were out of uh, Michigan. Uh, worked there for a while and then uh, took on a job as uh, the manager of Charles F. Curry Company okay. out of Kansas City, Missouri. Another mortgage company. Okay. Uh-huh. I've been in the mortgage business my entire career. Did you ever think about getting out of it? Did you ever Did uh, you ever, ever have that feel, that struggle of, is it worth it? There was a few times. Probably the most notable time was when the market went to a 15 to 17% interest rate. And if you did one or two loans a month, you were probably one of the top five in the in the Maricopa County to do deals. What year was that? Early '80s, mid mid to early '80s. Tough times. Uh, at that time, everybody had thoughts about should I find something else to do. Those of us that decided to stay found second jobs mm-hmm. to help support the family. Mine was a <laughs> Mine was being a uh, a weekend warrior with the Arizona Republic. I was called a district manager. My responsibility was getting up at three thirty in the morning, going down to the airport, checking in, and then going out to the routes for all the kids to make sure that they got up and delivered their papers. Really? Saturday, Sundays, and all holidays. It was a long week, long months. I think I did that for probably eight to ten months. Wow. Till the market came back. Yeah, uh, but I always decided this is this is the industry I want to be in. Yeah, I love it. I love what I do, and it's always kept my interest. So, you're working. The, the interesting part for me to hear is is nowadays because everybody's so linked electronically, LinkedIn and and social media, and and you know, we get all us loan officers, we get recruiting emails constantly, bugging all that stuff. How did companies that were based out of Kansas City or, or back east? How did they find you back then? Did they have people come actually? They they sink you out. Yeah, they typically had people who were out looking. They they had headhunters back in those days. Mm-hmm. Okay, and it was more the headhunter type than the uh, somebody that worked for the company. Yeah. So uh, they they would find you that way, and uh, they typically hired managers. And then have the managers build their branches. Interesting. A little bit different than yeah. what you see today. Yeah. Okay. But still the same principles apply for the most part. Yes. Like as far as building the branch or having the uh, fi- finding the loan officers, finding the, the, the where the business comes from, how you service the clients. Like at the end of the day, the same principles exist. And, and it's very similar. Very similar. And yeah. if you use it, if you use the... If you use the obviously advantages of technology, but you keep those same principles, that's that's a recipe to 
to doing business, wouldn't you agree? Learn your trade, learn what you're doing, and make sure that you can provide your customer with the best deal possible, the one that fits their financial needs the best. Those who don't do that typically don't survive. Remember, <coughs> what's, uh, what's a key, key thing that stands out back in the day? I mean, nowadays we have, after the last you know, little meltdown, and then interest rates were, were very low after that. And nowadays you have people complaining about four and a quarter, four and a half, even 5%. I mean, back back then, like the interest rate, were, was it the 30 year fixed all the time or were, was it more, were there a bigger variety, wider variety of programs that you can remember? Well, I will tell you this. <clears throat> I was the first person in Arizona who did a 95% conventional loan. You first, can, first one, first person, first one, a closed one. Do you guys, if anybody at People's Mortgage is listening right now, this is why Stan is such a legend. He was the first one to do a 5% down conventional loan. So what were the products back then? 30-year fixed rate. The 20% occasionally, down? Occasionally. No, you, you could do a 10% down, but the 5 came into play with, through Fannie Mae. Okay. Uh, but the products back in those days were pretty simple. It was a 30-year fixed rate. Sometimes you looked at a 15-year fixed rate, but basically a 30. Yeah. When rates rose up to those levels that I indicated earlier, that's when ARM loans came into play. Okay. Adjustable rates, and uh, it was it. This, you're going to think this is funny for me to say it, but when the fixed rates were at 15 and 17, yeah. the ARM rates are at 12. <laughs> Didn't do a lot of loans, <laughs> but. Uh, if you were willing, if you can survive that kind of a scenario, yeah, then you should you should do fairly well in a regular market. I mean, with what stands out to me is that that even in that situation of of a downturn, and you found something, and you said the people who found something to supplement were the ones who got through. I mean, would you say as a business owner and, and to any any other business owners, entrepreneurs, anybody along those lines that like you, you say that mortgage is what you wanted to be and mortgage is what you've done. Mortgage is what you're passionate about. And at the end of the day, you found something to, to help you continue to do that. That's correct. That's the, that stands out out of anything. And what would you say to that individual who's, who's, who's doubting themselves or, or, or wants to do it, but, is, it has a roadblock like a downturn or, or some type of, of adversity that they're experiencing, what would you say to that individual who is passionate about it? Determine what makes you happy. If doing the job that you're currently doing makes you happy, then figure out a way to stay in it. If it doesn't necessarily make you happy, you don't get up in the morning anxious to go to work, maybe you ought to find something different to do. You still get, you still get excited to go to work every day? Fired up. Well, it's because you're going to see you see me now. <laughs> We're happy to have you back. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so so then, okay, so how does your career change or, or uh, d uh, grow from there? Where do you go? Where, well, you, right. You're starting to manage the branches now. Like you're growing pretty rapidly in that time. We uh, I went to work for the Charles F. Curry Company, and uh, we opened four or five branches in uh, Arizona. Uh, Approximately 10 years into that, um, I got a uh, call from Valley National Bank, which was the largest bank in Arizona. And they asked me if I would be interested in coming over there to uh, run, run their uh, mortgage operation. 
So uh, we looked heavily at it, and I decided that I was going to take that on. So um, at the time, they were doing about $9 million a month. Um, they should be doing $100 million a month. And it's the largest bank in Arizona is doing $9 million a month in largest mortgages. Largest bank in the Southwest. Doing not only $9 million. $9 million. How come? They've never, they'd never had anybody who knew what to do with it. They, they had a wholesale division. They had a correspondent division. They had a retail division. And they had a bank branch system. And they didn't know how to run any of them. So anyway, we made a bunch of changes and uh, put things in place. And uh, it uh, became a $130 million operation. How many years? Six. No, five. Five or six years. What was the key to accomplishing that goal? I mean, obviously you were you were growing it, but what like what was your strategy? What was your mindset? The right people. Simply just the right people. The right people. I had all the I had all the other elements that were necessary to make it successful. I had a big bank. Yeah. With all the capital that was necessary, I get, I had them put a hundred million dollar portfolio in place so that I could put loans in it if I needed to. Yeah. To help customers out, and then went out and found the right people to manage each of the areas. Uh, then Bank One came into play and they merged, although it wasn't, you call them mergers, but it's let's share and compare and we'll take the best of both. And in the end, it's let's do it our way. <laughs> uh, so we did Bank One. and uh, Was that hard in your position to, did they? It's difficult. Because obviously you have two, now you have two different entities, two view, two viewpoints of how your job should probably be handled. Um, did you get a lot of pushback in how you were doing things? I can summarize it the best way. That when it came down to let's do it our way, uh, my question to them was, we do more business in two states than you do in nine. Why would we want to do it your way? What did they say? Uh, because that's the way we're most comfortable with. So we did it their way, and I left and went to work for another company. There were about 70 people who left with with me. Wow. Um, and we went to another company called North American Mortgage. And uh, I was there three years, two years, and they went from triple number two to number 20 in Maricopa County. Um, a gentleman who remains one of my best friends today um, called me and asked me, would we consider coming back? And uh, we took him three, about three weeks every Friday afternoon at the Mountain Shadows Resort out by the pool. <laughs> which, is now, which is now one of the most popular <laughs> yeah. resorts in town again. Funny story. <laughs> Any rate. So I came back. And from, got, he's from Valley National or Bank One. He, he was the, he, he was the uh, president of Bank One Mortgage. Okay. And uh, also a, a friend. Okay. And a kind of a mentor for me. And uh, so I went back, and uh, we got her back up to number one. And then uh, Chase came in. But this time they listened to you. Uh, yeah. Would you say my, – so my father obviously works in, in uh, a large corporation. Would you say the, the biggest thing after working in these different companies and then experience the, experiencing the merger where you get pushed back on the way you've done things, the way you've been successful – is it is the issue just not focusing on the people or the process or not focusing on the customer service, but focusing strictly on 
the numbers and or you know like almost practicing sales prevention like what what's the main thing of why because this happens so much wouldn't you say still to this day i have a little um model that i live by the three p's products pricing and people if you have all three you'll be successful if you have one of the three probably not so much so yeah you just won't be so put the products in place Put the pricing in place, but most importantly, put the people in place. Yeah. If you put the people in place, they'll make it run. They'll make it happen. Find people that have a skill set that you're weak at, and then get out of the way. This is why you have Stephanie. Let, let, let them run their deal. Is this yeah. where we give Stephanie a, a big shout <laughs> Stephanie out? Stephanie gets a big shout Stephanie, out. Stephanie yeah. is. Uh, if, <laughs> she's watching. Be careful. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Stephanie, he was telling me before that if it's your nail day, we're not bugging you. Yeah. So if you're watching, she does sorry. a lot, man. Stephanie, yeah. Stephanie's awesome. Stephanie is works for Stan um, and does so much. I mean, she she the amount of things that she ha- puts on her plate is amazing. She does well. Fleming's dinner for Stephanie later. <laughs> Stan said. <laughs> Just, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> um. So all right. So. So then you're mentioning Chase. So how do, okay? How does Chase get involved? So at this point, you're back to number one at Bank One. Chase came in and uh, they asked me if I would move to uh, Indianapolis, and I told them no, I didn't have any intent on leaving. So they uh, asked me if they hired somebody, would I report to them? And I told them yes. So we did that for about two years, and I opened maybe thirty, thirty-one branches around the country in that two, two and a half years. Um, and then they decided they wanted to change how they operated. And that change didn't work well for my retail and bank branch operation. So I, uh, I left. At Bank One, uh, being, was, Bank One was locally owned, right? Uh-huh. No, they weren't based out of Arizona? No, Bank so, One was out of Columbus. So, okay, so out of working for them, managing the mortgage division, and you, ha- you said bank division and retail division where did you have a mix between people loan officers who would be yes. in the branches and then people who were correct more like me we had uh, we have uh, we had uh, wholesale reps okay correspondent reps and then we had uh, what we called ho- we called the branch account executives who their sole job was they were assigned a certain number of branches mm-hmm. and their sole job was to keep those branches informed of the mortgage industry what was going on and to take care of all those branch customers Interesting. And then uh, we had regular retail originators on top of it. So we had maybe uh, around the country probably 900 to 1,000 uh, handle that. So it was uh, a little bit different. It's uh, it's large bank mentality. Yeah. Uh, I found one that I don't fit particularly well in. Yeah. I'm a little better on being a mortgage banker, not a bank. Yeah. So as, that's me. As myself uh, i now know as well um try to explain that to you but, uh, hey haven't learned the hard way but no i mean and if you're if you're watching what we're referencing is 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 our move back to people's mortgage so we had that hiatus at a different company came back home came back to family uh learned a lot and uh and you know stan stan did warn me about the big bang mentality and, and it's, it's just didn't, didn't fit us not to say it's a uh, terrible yeah. thing yeah. It just it fits some it's, people and it fits fits it, doesn't fit others. And he's exactly right. Some people it fits just fine. Others it doesn't. So then what happens with with you and Chase and B of it or Bank One? 
Um, I left. I, I told them that uh, the way they were headed wasn't going to work for my retail and bank stuff. So uh, I left and uh, took me about six months to set up Peoples. Um, did you know, like, why at that point did you not go to a different company? What made you, what was the, key, the, the main factor in wanting to start your own at this point? It was time. It did was you time. always know deep down that you would? Yeah. I always knew pretty much deep down that I was going to do that. But every time, every time the opportunity to make that happen came along, somebody stepped in and said, hey, we're going to give you this amount of money. We come and run this operation for us. Yeah. And at the end, that's when I decided, uh, I don't remember how old I was, maybe 46, 47. And I just decided, you know, it's time to run it. At Back in those days, it was easy to start a mortgage operation, uh, particularly if you want to be a banker versus yeah. a broker. Yeah. Uh, it's not so easy today. Why Why did you choose banker uh, instead of broker? Well, I originally opened up as a broker. Okay. Uh, but after about six months, I could see that the broker side doesn't work for me. I need to control. I need to know I'm going to originate it, I'm going to process it, I'm going to underwrite it, and I'm going to close it. Yeah. So I control the thing all the way through. And that works better for me from a customer service standpoint. Why People's Mortgage? Why? What, who helped you come up with the name, or was that just you knew from the start? Well, it was originally Moria Development, DBA People's Mortgage Company. Okay. I just liked the name. It had a nice ring to it. Mm -hmm. So um, just came up with it one day, and that's uh, the name we put on it and uh, moved, moved forward and always kept it. Well, I mean, it's People's People Product Service. People. <laughs> product pricing people yeah the three p's that's what we always try and keep in mind and uh obviously people is the most important part of that so first couple years of people's mortgage tough did you have the right connections to make it easier how did it go we had the right connections um it's always tough starting a business but you also have a whole lot less headaches mm -hmm. and less capital requirements so in some in some regards, it was a little easier in the beginning, but as you continue to grow, you have those larger capital requirements and a lot more uh, things to do. Like I always liken it to herding cats. Okay, that's what you do when you get larger is herd cats. So, how, but it was easier in the beginning. Was it just you and a few other people? Like how do you have? Was I, it a certain number of people? It started with me. Just you. I was the only employee. Because you started as a broker, right? So as you as you were doing those loans, were there certain were there certain instances that caused you from wanting to to go from broker to banker? Was it just like some some things happened that were just so out of your control that it ate you alive? Yeah, it, on the broker side, you typically have the loan leaves you and goes somewhere else to be underwritten, and it leaves you go somewhere else to be doxed on mm -hmm. and funded, and that created a problem because I can't, I can't control the service level. So that's when I decided I really needed to be a broker. I moved from a broker, I'm sorry, to, to a be a banker. Mm -hmm. That transition, easy, tough? It was pretty easy. Yeah. Yeah. And then you had set up, I mean, imagine at that point now with more control, with more, uh, more things to manage comes more difficulties. Mm -hmm. More difficulties come with it. Yes, that's true. So how do you grow? So in that ten, that first 10 years of, of people's mortgage, what were the the triumphs? What were the 
the defeats how how did you i imagine there's certain there's a certain point where you have to get over that that hump to where you grow to where you are now during the beginning i took on a couple of partners and um after about two years it was very apparent to me that that wasn't going to work their their ideas their approach to the business was completely different than mine so uh, we parted company and uh, they went on to start their own and uh, i kept people's are they still in business they are still in business interesting yeah they're well-known name here in town okay they're smaller than we are but they're uh, they're well-known name here in town. okay okay so uh once that was done then the growth started fairly rapidly because we had been kind of some infighting going on and it just wasn't productive to growth. Okay. So once that change took place and we split up, uh, the growth then started. Um, it's, it's a tough, go back to your question, it's a tough business because of the capital requirements. You always need more and more capital as you get larger and larger. Mm-hmm. And so uh, the, the raising of that capital becomes critical. Mm-hmm. Okay? A lot of companies will go out and borrow money to take care of that. Uh, we have always financed our growth with profits. Wow. I don't borrow money. So uh, did, could, could we have grown to the same level we're at today in four years? Absolutely, if we borrowed money. And I don't want to borrow money. And if you look at those companies that were survivors of, all, of these downturns in the industry, they're the ones that have debt, and they can't service that debt. So if I say anything to the, your audience that's watching here today, stay away from the debt, particularly in our industry, because it'll eat you up when the thing downturns. So Interesting. Do, it, do it with profits, and if you don't grow as fast, that's okay. It's make, it, you'll have a longer-term <laughs> chance <laughs> with your company if you don't borrow money. Well, slow growth, and nowadays people want instantaneous success don't you don't you find that it's nowadays it's everything is so much quicker everything is yeah. is at the at your fingertips and people want instantaneous success but success or that has grown organically is much more long lasting and obviously people's mortgage is a is a prime example of that your your interest level in maintaining an existing group of people on a long-term basis is critical okay our industry has a lot of turnover. It always has. Mm-hmm. To the extent that you can keep people for long periods of time, it just makes it a much simpler uh, way to grow it. I'll use your term organically. Do it that way. Yeah. But be careful that you get the right people. Once again, go back to the people, products, and pricing uh, idea. And that is get good people who know more than you do. And I have plenty of those. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I have plenty of those. So, uh, it, it's it's not rocket science, but it is. You've got to be very calculating in how you find the people to fit in the roles within your organization. Did you guys ever have recruiters, or did would you say like people's? That's the one thing. That's the one thing about that people's that I've noticed in our industry when. When I started my career back in, in 12, 13 with Peoples, um, for that 
four to five years that that I before I took the little break with away from a different company. Mm-hmm. You never really worried about. I never really heard about other companies. Didn't get involved. That it was just what we were doing in business, and we had our people. We had Garrett, Amy. We had we had it was it was this family and. Um, what I've noticed is, yeah, you, we've had people leave and come back. Mm-hmm. And one thing when I initially left, you said, no worries, go learn what you need to learn and then come back. But, and the reason I think that happens is because at the end of the day, what people's is, is a company that doesn't get involved with the drama of what's going on with who's doing this and who's doing that. We really just have you the, a solid system we have the right people in place that allows everybody to be successful, have a good time, be happy. But when you're at when you're at people's, you don't like it's kind of our own little world that we just do our thing and do the business. In the mortgage business, there's enough external pressure. Keep the internal pressure to a minimum. I can't tell you any simpler than that. Okay. Uh, there's a term I use. Uh, you mentioned Stephanie earlier. This is one she's learned very well mm-hmm. called K and G. Okay. Kind and gentle. Treat your people that way. Treat your employees that way. Treat those that you deal with on a day-to-day basis with K and G. And it's anybody who touches that deal, whether it's the realtor, title company, their CPA, uh, anybody of that nature, your processor, your closer, Anybody who touches that deal, treat them with kind and gentle, and you'll find a whole lot of stuff coming back your way if you do that. What, uh, well, and Sean, so Sean, hmm? Sean's your son. Mm-hmm. How did he get, like, it's, it truly is almost, it's a family business, but how did Sean get into it? And did he work with you at Bank One, or how did, how did that work? No, Sean was... Uh, Sean made the mistake of going down south to the cattle college in Tucson. (laughs) And uh, I told him that I wouldn't write a check to the school down there. Did you really? To go to school, so he needed to get a job. You really said you wouldn't write write a check? Ask him. (laughs) Anyway, uh, so he got a job in a mortgage company. Okay. And uh, he worked there for, I want to say, two years. And then when he got done with school... He came back up and he indicated to me that he think he thought he wanted to get in the mortgage business. Okay. And my first response was, I would have figured that since they don't teach anything down there anyway. <laughs> but anyway, he got in the mortgage business. Proud sun devil right here. <laughs> he uh, he got in the mortgage business and uh, he's done very well. What would you um, what would you say now being 2019 and now experiencing what happened in in the latest little meltdown mm-hmm. what would you say the state of our industry is right now and where do you think it's going and what do you think the key to remaining successful is for mortgage company mortgage loan officers and real estate agents just what what's your overview of the industry now probably the simplest thing i would say is 2000, the beginning of 2019, the industry changed a little bit. Margin compression was a huge problem in the latter part of 17 and 18. Volumes dropped a little bit, rates went up, uh, all of that, and that created a, a huge problem in the industry. 
it was uh, it was pretty much a free for all, a free fall maybe is a better word. But 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 they have uh, uh, that's changed. Um, there's been some consolidation. Okay. Some companies that have gone out of business. So the 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 pool of people going after deals are not as much as they were back in 1718. Okay. The margin compression and the the, the the this is my opinion. The reason that a lot of these companies went out and paid signing bonuses for people, got them to come over to work for them, figuring they would increase their volume uh, to offset what they had lost because of regular volume going away. I think forgot one thing, and that is with the margin compression, you weren't making much on any deal anyway. Yeah. You weren't making much money on any kind of deal. So to get more of it to make not anything doesn't make sense. Yeah. So I think that created a problem for a lot of them. There was a, the, the average lender, mortgage banker in the country, lost money and lost a lot of it. Those that didn't have debt survived. Those that did, not so much. Hurting or gone. Or gone. When you say margin compression, and I, I think a lot of people, and I've been asked this, like, Andrew, would you ever want an Oregon Borge company? And I'm like, tell the truth, nowadays, the, the cost has gone up so much, the compliance cost, right? Yeah. Everything, there's just so much that goes into doing a mortgage loan that the, it, it's... Unless, unless you have a huge <laughs> urge to herd cats. Yeah. <laughs> Originate. What do you? What's your view on on these online companies? There's word of uh, Amazon getting a mortgage, and obviously there's a lot of online. How do you you coming from where you have building from the ground up, always being a customer service oriented mortgage banker? What's yeah. your view of that? The consumer direct model, which is your rocket mortgage or or a lot of these other large companies who are going to get into that piece of the business. Uh, I do think there's a place for it, but I also still believe that being the largest financial transaction that anybody does, what are you looking for? You're looking for an advocate, somebody who can help you over the hurdles and through the potholes that are on that road to get to your house. So if there are those out there who are comfortable enough being online and doing their thing. But there are a whole lot of people who want an advocate to help them through income issues or help them through credit issues or help them through appraisal issues or down payment issues because there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of rules, there's a lot of regulations. And they can help you maneuver through that. I still think you need that. I still think that's that's a key component to... Uh, home ownership in our industry is the the advocate, the loan officer, or the processor mm -hmm. who can help them maneuver through that stuff. Because there's landmines out there, as you well know. Yeah. So the advocate is the person who helps them through and makes it happen for them. That's what I like. That's why I still originate. Yeah. But the most important reason I like to originate is I like to beat you out of that deal. <laughs> you're, you're competitive. <laughs> I see. I walk past Stan's office, and he's like, "Oh man, I figured out how to get." Oh, look at this. We can save this twenty, hundred twenty dollars. Yeah, it, it's it, it's cool watching Stan originate because you can you can tell when when you walk past your office, you still have that that fire, that passion to get the deal it, done. I like doing it. It's made me. It's it's made 
you know, it's uh, supported my family for 40-some-odd years. I enjoy doing it. What would you say to close out the show? Message to because you'll have a bunch of employees that I'm friends with on Facebook. A lot, a lot of them will see this. Um, what's your message to all the people's mortgage employees that, that love you and care about you and Garrett and Amy and Stephanie and Katie? <laughs> Thanks. I don't know how to put it any <laughs> simpler than that. Um, most of them have been with me for a long time. Yeah. And they've been good, loyal, honest employees who I enjoy working with. Uh, they're all brighter than I am. They're they're gonna not. You know, they're gonna eat that up. <laughs> they're all brighter than <laughs> I am. They're gonna record that and no, play it as their their. Oh, yeah. uh, when you call their phone, <laughs> they're now gonna say. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> it's next, gonna be that's gonna be the ringtone. No, the next time there's a review, <laughs> it'll come to play. <laughs> trust me. Uh, but it's 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 good people who know what they're doing and can implement things to make it better for everybody else in the organization. Treat everybody well. Keep your focus on customer service. A lot of companies get all balled up in this and that and compliance and this problem and all these rules and regulations. Never forget simple thing. Do it the right way. Do it honestly. But keep your people and the customer service in the forefront of what you're doing. Because if you don't, you ain't going to have any customers. They'll go somewhere else. Hey Amen. That's the truth. Spoken like a true champion in the mortgage industry and a great business owner. Um, Stan, thank you for coming on the show today. Thank I you appreciate you sharing your story. Learned a lot. I, I, I didn't even know you, you were that far into uh, a more national company, managing opening branches all across the country. Mm-hmm. Um, so you truly do have perspective of the oh, whole yeah. industry. Um, Thank you again. Thank you to our sponsors, Empire West Title, Seth Banda over there, um, Abe Bodden from Insurance Professionals of Arizona, and then Platinum Home Warranty, Von Hunter. Again, make sure to get your home warranties renewed. Trust me, it'll save you a ton of money. Thank you guys to your sponsors. Thank you to Fry for Lister Pros. We worked through the technolo- uh, technological issue today. Um, Stan, you have you have some comments from some people. Michael Gallagher says, Stan is amazing and a wealth of information in the mortgage industry. Keep it up, Stan. Um, People's Mortgage Company, whoever runs our social media platform, says, love it when Stan gets out and shares his message. Ben Curcio says, king. <laughs> Um, so you, you got a lot of love up here, but, uh, thank you. You're inspiration. You're uh, one of my mentors. Um, and, uh, hopefully back at home that we'll have, we'll have a good time while I'm still in your office <laughs> until we get our office, uh, back in our office, back in Gilbert. Where are we going on the company trip this year? There's this coming year. San Francisco. San Francisco. Yeah. I hear that. You got to qual- qualify. President's Club, San Francisco. (laughs) I'm not worried about that. (laughs) He shouldn't be. (laughs) Well, thank you guys. Have a wonderful weekend. Um, Catch us next week. We're going to have Chelsea Oaks back on. Um, She was on when we had the old podcast, but we're going to have her. She's the owner of Swim First um, Swim Kids. She's going to be on next week. Um, so we're super excited after the last two-week break that we had to to have some awesome guests. If you are a local entrepreneur, small business owner, or anybody that just has a, a awesome story about um, starting a business from the ground up, uh, working through difficulties uh, to get referrals, just something that, that may inspire others on a local level, 
please reach out to me. I'd love to have you on the show. Please remember the How I Built It podcast is on now YouTube. It's on your Apple podcast. This is the podcast about local entrepreneurs, small business owners that we can all relate to on a local level. Yes, there are podcasts out there from from uh, interviewing CEOs of Fortune 500 companies and all that good stuff. But I'm all about relating to the people in our community. So if you have a story, if you know somebody that may have a story to, to share, please give me their name and number. I would love to reach out. You guys have a great weekend. This show is brought to you by the Augustiniac team at People's Mortgage. If you need Lovely. a new home loan or refinance, rates are looking good right now. I know because I see uh, Stan quoting people out still on, on paper. But reach out to me. I'd love to save you some money on your mortgage. Have a great weekend. Thank you. We'll see you next week.